Hey guys, welcome back to the Holland One Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bull. Thanks very much for listening. The podcast is back um, after a little bit of a break. Please do remember um, to reach out with ideas for guests, or I would just really like to hear from you if you've got any uh, comments or suggestions. Today's guest is Kazuma Kabori uh, from Rangiora Golf Club in New Zealand, South Island. Uh, Kazuma is only uh, 20 years old, but he's already won uh, two professional titles um, still as an amateur. So he won the uh, Mirawai Open on the Charles Tour just recently. And he also won the uh, 2019 uh, New Zealand PGA title, which was a phenomenal victory for a, for a 17-year-old amateur. And I think that's when people realized that Kazuma was, was going to be a really top player. So um, yeah, we have a really good chat in this podcast. Um, Kazuma just tells me about his year ahead, where he'll be playing uh, around the world and what his what his goals are and uh, yeah he shares some insights into some of the great players he's played with and uh, some of his plans plans for the future and uh, he also has time for um, a really interesting story from uh, one of his tournaments which is a little bit crazy uh, thanks very much for your time Kazuma how's it going how's it going man yeah good to see good you Kazuma you. how are we yeah very good how are you good thank you great Good stuff. Yeah, no, I just uh, wanted to say congratulations, you know, for winning the Mirawai Open on the Charles Tour. That's awesome. How does, how does that feel? Feels, oh, feels pretty good, man. Yep. Like, uh, been knocking on the door for quite yep. some time. Uh, I think 2020 had a pretty good year. I, I think there were six Charles Tours and came top 10 and five of them. Wow, um, that's pretty consistent. So, yeah, it was good. And then, to play 2020 and 2021 pretty well and then not get a win there. I think I played 12 chances and didn't win one. It was kind of tough, but got through there in the end. So we're happy. So did you feel like you were just kind of steadily improving there on the Charles Tour and, you know, learning off all the pros and all the different guys there? And Yeah, it's, it's a tough one because, mm. like, um, like, playing well, like improving your game doesn't, necessarily lead to you winning um so sometimes you can kind of get lost in what you're doing but I felt like my game was definitely improving um and the wins just weren't weren't coming whether it be some people playing extraordinary golf or not getting the right breaks or whatever but yeah you kind of have to stay patient with it yeah so what 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 was different do you think uh last week then that you know got you that win yeah. if you just yeah this time oh i tried to stay really patient because like mm. as i said um yeah. you know like uh i started well before that tournament i worked with um a uh, sports psychologist called john quinn oh, wow. and we were kind of talking about how well if you try or how many players are in the field 144 right if you try and play against 143 other people <laughs> It's a, quite a tough battle, yeah. but if you can kind of try and play to your own standards and try and play against yourself on the golf course, then it makes a whole lot easier. Now you're only playing one person. So that's kind of what I try to really work on, like not trying, you know, obviously it's hard when final round Harry Bateman started off pretty hot. Yeah. Um, and I think he had a two-shot lead going into like oh with like 12 to go and then i started playing playing good but he was playing good as well so the gap wasn't really changing 
Um, so it was really hard for me then, but I just had to play my own game and see what happened there. So like what was it kind of like you were head to head at that point, but you just continued to focus on like what you're doing and Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, it's easy to think like, oh one back, I have to fire at more pins. Um, but shit, like it's <laughs> it's just not that simple. I eh? just have to play your own game and just almost hope that it's enough, I think. Yeah, there's a kind of lot can happen around Miroi too, isn't it? I don't know what the weather was like at the end there but it can get a bit rough and stuff coming in yeah absolutely yeah for sure so what was it like competing against so obviously harry bateman's professional isn't he like did, did that mm -hmm. make you think any different or were you just sticking to the same game plan oh like as in like, like being professionals did you feel like oh wow everyone here is professional but you know the reality <laughs> is you you played better didn't you so yeah yeah um Obviously, these guys have been like you know, guys like Harry, Luke Toomey, um, Josh Geary, they've been playing at an elite level for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the winning at the PGA definitely drew some confidence off of that um, because I've done it before, you know. And if you've done it before, then it's kind of easier to say, well, I can do it again. Oh, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was incredible. So, you were, what were you, 17 then? When you won the NZP, yes, yeah, I was seventeen. Yeah, was that like a big surprise, or were you kind of, you know, well, it it seemed like you won, you know, didn't have any trouble winning that, but um, you know, did that come <laughs> as a bit surprise to people, like how how good you were at that age and stuff? Yeah, I think so. I think it was, um, yeah. How do I say? It? it was definitely a surprise, and then I think people were a bit underwhelmed that I didn't win after that keep yeah win every but, week like <laughs> you think because yeah. um obviously it's like in theory it's easy but mm. once you win something everyone thinks you're a completely different person but really you're just the same person as you were before the win aren't you like nothing's changed you just have another win to your belt and obviously there comes confidence and all that good stuff but yeah i think handling that was took some time so, I mean, you obviously went, you've won heaps of amateur, New Zealand amateur stuff, haven't you? Um, by by some big numbers. I, was it the South Island Stroke play? You won by like 15 or 16 shots. So that's... Yeah, one there by 16, margin. yeah. Yes. How did you keep sort of keep motivated and keep keep the score going low when, you know, you're winning by, by, a, by a large margin? Yeah, that was tough. And that, like, when you... Because I think I went into the last round leading by... Ooh like to say 12 and then like at that point you're almost thinking like how bad would it be if i blew this <laughs> but no <laughs> but um no i didn't do that i just kind of keep plodding along luckily i played with like some like, great mates um so it was quite easy i just kind of having a having a wee field day out there Oh man, that's awesome. Like, um, so what, I mean, how did you first get in, what age did you start playing golf and, you know, getting good and. I started when I was 10, I think. Yeah. Started playing golf when I was 10 and then thought I'd give it a good crack when yeah. I was 13. So when you say that, I mean, like, were you playing every day at that point then and, you know, practicing a lot and. Yeah. Uh, so when I was 13, I was playing every single day. 
after school, obviously. Yep. Go to school. Um, but yeah, pretty. I was pretty invested at that point. So, I mean, at that point, did you think, um, oh, you know, did you just like playing, like love it? Or did you think, yep, I can, you know, make a career out of this someday? Ooh, um, I definitely thought I could give golf a crack. Mm. Um, I think it was nice for me because when I was a junior, there were heaps of guys who were older than me who were playing high level junior golf. Um, yep. Guys like, yeah, I don't know if you know them, but Don Brick Kelly, Hiroki Mia, Tom Parker, um, they are very good junior golfers. Um, and they still play golf today. Um, so it was easy for me because I was always trying to catch up to them. Yep. And when you play against better people, you get better quicker, basically. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, like you were thirteen. Were you were you playing against those those older kids who were top amateurs then? Yeah. So I was playing against. Um, not against, but with, um, I think Dom and Tom are like yep. two years older than me. And then um, when I was just like 14 or something, maybe 14 yep. or 15, I had the opportunity to play in the New Zealand under-19s at Shandon, which is a lower hut-ish kind of area. And I missed a cut by a mile, uh, which was actually good because I had the opportunity to watch like what the real good guys do and then from there now you can set your standards and fire towards yeah. them so did you just hang around and then go and watch them play yeah yeah, yeah. i uh i um yeah mr cut watched uh dan i think it was dan hillier and kevin coon right and cool. obviously dan's dan's playing some seriously good at golf at the moment yeah yeah definitely well, that's pretty cool so um i understand your so your sister is also a top golfer or she's professional now she is it I'm okay. Yes, yeah, yep. she's professional. Yeah. So, what, what was that kind of? Was there a right? Is there a rivalry there, or did you play each other growing up and yeah, each other yeah, all? for sure. Yeah. Um, for a while, I was playing better than her, but obviously, this recent stretch of events, she's you know taken it to the next level, if you will. Um, so yeah, but with the Murawai Open win, I hope I've kind of brought her back a wee bit. But you know, it's it's good <laughs> having her there. Um, competing and all that yeah wow that's awesome um yeah so having a lots of good players around you when you're growing up and also having you know like your sister playing sounds like you you just played at a high level from a young age and you just played with better people and just got yeah. better and... yeah i think that's the key act like um well you can see i don't know if there's this new not new but there's this kid on the rise called joshua by yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, I've heard him, yeah. From Auckland. And, um, you know, he's been playing child stores from uh, when he was like 12. <laughs> and he's 16 now. And like, yeah, wow. When you get exposed at that age, you just, you get better so much quicker yeah. than if you would playing against your local juniors. And whatnot. Seems a bit crazy, doesn't it? Like um, you get young teenagers playing against these guys who, have, you know, play all around the world and stuff. But um, it's yeah. a great opportunity, isn't it, for everyone, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're, we're obviously, you won. You won on the Charles Tour. I mean, were you, were you? Did you feel a little bit disappointed that you don't take home the, you know, the first place prize oh, money? money. And, <laughs> yeah. So that's happened um, a couple of times now. Yeah, it's happened twice now. Um, you know, oh, for me, it's more about the um, world amateur ranking points. Yep. And uh, obviously, there's a system, and 
if you get low enough on that, then more opportunities open up for when you do turn pro. So for me, it's more about those. We, the money's good and all, but um, yeah, that would come. That will come in the future. So not too fast. So what? So what's the plan now with like your world golf ranking? Um, you know, in the year ahead, like where do you plan to play this year? And yeah, so I am actually planning to travel to Japan on Thursday, playing a playing a professional event there. Um, and then from there, I leave, start of June till the end of August to play a wee campaign in the States. I'm playing eight events, I think, at this stage. And from there, hopefully, play the Eisenhower Trophy. Uh, hopefully, get selected for that. Yep. And um, what's after that? I come back, play a few Charles stores, and then... I hopefully will get to play in the Asia Pacific Amateur Championship, wherever that may be. And that's one of the ways for an amateur to get into the Masters. So big oh, if you win if you win that, you get into the Masters. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, so pretty packed schedule. Um, one of the biggest years of golf in my life so far. Yeah. So looking forward to it. <laughs> You started the year off pretty strong, haven't you? Because you won a couple of things and you went on one Mirai Open, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won, uh, what did I win? Uh, Canterbury Stroke Play, Togo yep. Stroke Play. So, yeah. Short, so what, what, well what's so the thinking with the with Japan? I know obviously Japan's got a, a really cool tour and stuff there, isn't it? And it's massive into golf. Yep. Um, like, are you just going for a couple of weeks or? Yeah, a couple of weeks, yep. one event. Um yeah, uh, I think it's, or it's the Asia Pacific Diamond Cup, and right. you know, it's a lot of the great players from Asia and Australasia and all that are playing in that. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing where I'm at. It's more, more to see where I'm at against them. Obviously, not there to come second. You're always trying to win, but oh yeah, really keen to see where I'm at with. Yep. those guys yeah so um you don't you don't want to you're not thinking about turning professional just yet then you're just gonna yeah i'm i'm still 20 so yeah i'm young. not in too much of a rush to turn professional yet so i know it's like your sister's turn professional but is that i mean obviously she's a few years older than you isn't she yeah she's 23 and she graduated college yep so so what made you think that you didn't you you decided not to go to college in like in america like a lot of people do and some people do and some people don't and then yeah yeah i think um the deciding factor for me because i was definitely looking at it i got a few good offers but for me i got into the national academy when i was 17 after the pj win and then at that point i kind of compared the resources i had Mm. to had it my, you know, had it in my hand over here versus what I was going to get in the States. And they seemed pretty similar, to be honest. Um, But I just thought that um, Daniel Hillier at that time was kicking off, like he was playing very good. And I think he was still amateur, but he was about to turn professional. And I saw how well he did. Yeah. And I just thought I'll try and do the same, whereas... I knew a lot of 
players who'd gone over to the States and ended up not doing too well, let's just say. So I just chose, I just thought that um, NZ was a less risky option. Like yeah, Daniel Haley has definitely kicked on, isn't he? So he's, you know, played yeah. European tour events and had some really top results and stuff. And it obviously he's, uh, that works that route. So, and it, it seems like yeah. it's uh, working for you so far. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, he's, he's been a great influence. Eh? So do you do you play much with um, guys like Daniel Hillier or do you, you know, follow him at all? Or... Yeah, oh, I follow him, but I don't really get to play with him. Yep. He's, on, he's on tour, but I got to play, I got to travel with him for the Asia Pacific Diamond Cup in 2019 before the COVID days. Um, yep. And yeah, had, I learned a lot from that trip from him. But yeah, sure. Um, yeah, he seems pretty, pretty professional, um, you know, in his in his manner and how he sort of goes about it, and he's pretty patient as well. Yeah. I think. Yeah, he's um, yeah, he's a obviously elite ball striker and plays golf incredibly well, and just the way he carries himself, eh? It's just really has a lot of belief in himself. I guess I think it's the way to put it. It's um, yeah something that I aspire to be so what do you think you is there anything you need to you want to work on like to be stronger at golf or yeah um I think one's probably distance I'm not yep. the longest hitter in the park yeah um I guess the key is to make get distance while maintaining accuracy mm. which is the view which is the hard part because obviously the longer you hit it the more wayward it goes just how it works so um that and as well as getting opportunities and making the most of them um i think those two are because um you, you don't get that many opportunities like so you kind of have to make the most of what you got so it's kind of the two things i guess i'll be working on yep. moving forward until i turn pro and who knows where maybe into this year but yeah we'll see um, so who who is like the best player do you think you played with in New Zealand and then also like overseas um, that you've enjoyed playing yeah. with? And... I think well, in New Zealand, for sure, Ryan Fox. Yeah. yeah I played play with him. Oh, right. That's an easy one. I played with him at uh, Murray, oh no, not Murray, Gulf Harbour Open last year. He basically um, and... smashes it though, doesn't he? He's, he's a big, big oh, bomber. He... Yeah, I don't think people realize how straight he hits it though. Um, he very rarely, like, you know, for that length, people who hit it that length spray it, mm. but he's actually very accurate for his length. And obviously, that's why he's naturally long, though, isn't he? Like, he's always been long. So it's not like he's really, yeah, he's so, trying yeah. extra hard. Like, he just, that's his natural ability, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He hits it in a bit of trouble, but he, he can get it back out again as well, kind of, because he's got that power as well. So. Yeah, I guess, yeah. He, um, mm. he uses it well, eh? Like, he, he's not afraid to pull driver on the tightest holes, which is, yeah, pretty ballsy. Um, yeah, so, oh, is there anyone else that's kind of impressed you? Um, Daniel Hilly's ball striking is yep. insane. Um, actually, the Academy boys right now, um, who are in the academy right now they're actually pretty pretty good man um jimmy hides well yeah of course yeah. uh traveled with him 
yep. last, well, last month in the wee Aussie trip. Um, and, you know, he wedges it really well, hits it very straight, putts well. Um, yeah, I think Jimmy's pretty impressive. I'm actually going with Jimmy to Japan, so hopefully it will go well. Very good. Yeah. So, I mean, can you just tell me a bit more about when you say like the New Zealand Academy, obviously a lot of good players have come through it, guys like yourself and yes. Daniel Hillier. So like, what does it involve? You know, what do you get out of it? How do they help you and stuff? Um, basically, there's, uh, I think, two tiers. It's very difficult right now with COVID because generally we can get some starts um, into overseas and the events but we haven't had that yep. for two years. So that's a bit tough. But yeah, we um, we work with uh, Jay Carter, who's the national coach. Um, very good coach, by the yep. way. He, uh, it's the person who I rely on swing mechanics if, yep. if I need to. Um, so yeah, I th- but yeah, I think us being a group and having that competition though mm. is the biggest factor. As I said, you get good playing with better people, right? So when you put good people together, then we can always we can all like get better together. If you, if you know what I mean. So I mean, how how do you think the the, the core academy players like how do they stack up? So I mean, obviously you're high high relatively high on the world golf rankings. Um, yeah. Yeah. How does New Zealand compare to those like countries like America or Australia or Asia? Say. I think, um, obviously, like, last time we had the Eisenhower, we came fourth, I think. Right, yeah, um, that's good. That's with Dan Denzel, Kieran Outcastle. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're quite at that level yet, to be honest. Um, I think those guys were still pretty elite. Yeah. But against Australia, I think we had a practice match last June which is actually a while back, obviously. But I think it was quite a tight battle. So I think we're not doing too bad against Aussie. The stakes, though, they're just... They're, you know, from what I can see on the rankings, they seem to hold most of the top positions. Dominate the rankings, yeah. Um, Yeah, but I've I've never played against them, so I can't quite tell you um, how much better they are. but I guess we'll find out this June. No, for sure. Uh, so where where is the Eisenhower this year? Eisenhower's in Paris this year. Yeah, well, they didn't yeah, win the Ryder yeah. Cup there, did they? So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. they beat. might be out for vengeance though. I think so. Yeah, although the last Ryder Cup was a bit of a a bit of a whitewash. <laughs> yes. For America, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they definitely yeah. showed their strength there. They got through some strong. Uh, professionals yeah. mm-hmm. oh no that sounds awesome so you've got a pretty pretty busy year i mean obviously you don't get tired of just playing a lot of golf and you you must love playing golf all over the place yeah, yeah i mean can't get enough of it really it's just uh you can't never not get better you know you never reach a wall in golf you know there's always something <laughs> to work on so every day you can go out there and have a set of golf for yourself so yeah like when it gets to your level though do you feel like um the next opportunity is is kind of a you know paying them bigger tournaments overseas and Mm. yeah for sure um i think a part of it is knowing where you're at 
you know, it's very easy to bash balls every day. But yep. if you're not working towards something, man, it's it's tough. So this Aussie trip did that for me. I played three events over four weeks and I, you know, long story short, I just found that my swing's just not consistent enough. And the week after, you know, it's still not perfect, but came back, worked on it. Um, it was kind of there at Milwaukee Open. I think it's around 75%, but got the job done. So over the next, what, nine months, I'll be definitely working on what I learned in that Aussie trip. So there's still quite a bit left in the tank then, is there? Uh, it's like a one percenters, eh? It's like a one percenters, really. You know, it, it might be getting your seven iron dispersion like two percent tighter, and that might be the difference between mm. hitting the green and making par and hitting into a greenside trap and you make bogey, and it's like an entire shot. Um, so that's kind. That's the kind of things that it boils down to at this point. So, I mean, you're still working quite a lot on your swing menu and just trying to get it as consistent as possible. And Yeah, so, well, obviously, like I said, like it's about knowing where you're at because before the Aussie trip, I thought my swing was in a good place. Um, I go to Aussie and it turns into shambles, so <laughs> it goes, you know. But now I know, whereas if I didn't go to Aussie, then I would have been still thinking, yeah, my old swing's fine, and then I would have learned the hard truth later on in whatever tournament I would have played. So, yeah, it was good to see that, um, good to make improvements. Yeah, it's better to kind of face the challenges now and face up to them and improve. Yeah, and absolutely, then move forward. absolutely. Um, so you mentioned about the distance. Like, so were you, how are you going to work on trying to hit it further then? Because I guess there's a few different things to do, isn't there? Like yeah. maybe get a lot stronger like Bryson or <laughs> change your yeah, swing with different... Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably probably won't change my swing there. Yeah. Um, I think I accuracy is one of my strong points. And yeah. if I were to change my swing, I would have to sacrifice that. Mm. Um, I think we had a there was a stat that Jay Carter showed me and it was something like in order to gain uh, gain an advantage by hitting it further something like you have to hit it 30 meters further to make a difference in order to really make a difference yeah. because you're obviously going to hit it wider yep. um so yeah um i getting 30 meters holy shit like that's a lot of work so that's um i think i'm gonna try and get, yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get stronger in the gym and maybe get 15 20 and keep the same swing and keep mm. increasing i think that's the approach i'm gonna go for moving forward i mean there is there is guys out there isn't there that that they, they are all about accuracy and then you know they're better at other things on they like they've got an amazing they're amazing putters and they're just yeah. super accurate like uh but yeah so like the trend is people trying to hit it a long way now isn't it um yeah yeah i mean um <laughs> i mean the same in the academy you know like we got tyler wood who absolutely nukes it sam jones who does long drive so yeah you don't get much longer than that. Um, Marco Thompson hits a deep ball as well. Uh, me and Jimmy are definitely on the shorter side, but we're on that more accurate side of things. And um, But for me, like, I've been playing for a long time, and I know that in order for me to make 
win tournaments. It's not about how many birdies I make, but how many bogeys I don't make. So last week at Murray, I made, oh, if we get rid of the second round, which yep. we played in a hurricane, yeah. I, made, I made two bogeys for three rounds. So two bogeys and 54 holes isn't too bad. Yeah, that's a good round there. Um, so I think that was kind of the key for me. But yeah, yeah, there's more than one way to play golf, you know. Well, I mean, if you only make two bogeys in the whole tournament, then that makes, yeah. The biddies you make yeah. count a lot, I think, but yeah, yeah, every player's different. I like some people just want to make as many biddies and they don't really care if they make a couple of bogeys, do they? But yeah, I think I think that's totally fine as well. But I just find that I can't make enough birdies to play that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you don't, you, you've shot a lot of low scores, though, haven't you? On you know, when all these stroke plays and stuff, I mean, like what, yeah, you're sort of shooting low 60s, what, what's like your best score? and Best score is probably tournament score 64. Uh, that was NZ Stroke play a few years back at Shirley. Yep. Um, so that's proper casually, full on tournament conditions. Yeah, that was Black yep. at Shirley. So he's played pretty solid there. Um, and then casually, I shot a 63 or something at a charity event off the whites at Harewood, I think. So yeah, that wasn't too bad either. But Definitely 64 in a tournament feels better. But like you said, you probably don't have as many many of the sort of blow-ups like a lot of guys do, do they? They have like maybe a hit it one sideways or... No, nah, I try, try not to do that. Yeah. Um, at my length, when you do that, you get into a lot of trouble. So I have to keep it in play. So, like when you were growing up, did you do a lot of work on your kind of... Did you have a coach then or did you just play naturally and you've just kind of refined it and your technique... Uh, when I was younger, I I had a coach for a wee bit. Yep. I worked with a guy called Peter Giles. Um, but, yeah, when I was around 14, 14 through to around 18, I got my dad to keep an eye on me, yep. um, take videos and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But, yeah, I think a lot of work that I did back then created the base for what I'm doing now. Like now, I don't really have to work on too many stuff. Like, like the swing change I'm doing now, I haven't changed my swing in about three years. So, yeah, for the most part, all the work is done. Just trying to refine it a bit more. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, like, have you have you got any kind of other goals besides just the year? Are you just focusing on the tournament schedule you've got, or have you got kind of more plans beyond that, or is it too early to, to kind of look that far ahead? Oh, I guess like how I play in these upcoming yep. events shape what my future is going to look like, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to play well in this upcoming event. I might get more starts on the Australia tier, let's say. Um, and then that might enable me to get a tour card a bit easier when I, for when I turn pro. Um, so it's really all up in the air, but, you know, try and play good golf. It never hurts. So if there was like one tournament you could you get to play and you could qualify for then and and who would what tournament would it be and like who would you play with what grouping would you want to like, be in and <laughs> you pick anyone oh man um and yeah, any round I as well play the, play the masters man <laughs> play the masters uh, <laughs> okay, final round play against like play against tiger would be cool See that would be pretty cool shapes it around the course and 
<laughs> well, yeah, I want yeah, I want to see my my friends succeed as well. You know. Oh yeah, totally. We've been yeah. practicing together, and then yeah, if we can all make it, you know, the statistics might say otherwise. You know, we might only get one person every two years of a PJ tour or whatever. But if we can all make it, man, that'll be cool. Where Where do you think the guys would play? Because I know Daniel Hill is in Europe. Like, would you be? In, would you like to play in Europe as well, or would you prefer to try America or? I would probably try Japan. Yeah, I think I think a um, lot less travel and still good world, um, world ranking points. Ranking points. The money is pretty price. pretty strong there too, isn't it? I think the money's pretty strong. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, be a good tour to sit, you know, start on. Definitely, probably, probably, definitely don't want to stay there. Um, yep. Want to move on to the PGA Tour. Yep. But I think to build your bank, it would be pretty good. Obviously, the level of golf is bloody high as well, so <laughs> you have to keep that in mind. So you got to play yeah, some good so, golf, yeah. but got to play somewhere you yeah. can win. Yeah. Do you start but like yeah, roots in Japan? Like, do you do you you know speak the language and stuff like that? Or yeah, 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 for sure. Um, most of my family's there. So well, apart from my mum, my my dad's actually working there at the moment. So I'll be going to see him. Oh, cool. So, yeah, it should be good. Yeah, that'd be epic. I mean, like it is um, interesting to see. There's there's a lot of strong players that come, um, you know, from that side of the world and from the Japan tour, and even um, quite a lot of guys go over there, don't they? Like there's Americans mm. and Europeans playing there, and yeah. Australia, New Zealanders, and that. Um, and it's such a great country too, isn't it? And I guess the same with the rugby. You get a lot of rugby players go there, don't you? And, yeah, yeah. And love yeah. It. Um... They have so much discipline over there. So, like, anything they do, they give it 100%. So, no wonder that they are good at everything they do, eh? No, totally. Uh, so, normally, ask people if they've got any kind of really funny golf stories or happenings. Um, right. Have you got any anything that's sort of mad that's happened to you or a funny story on the golf I course? Wouldn't. Man, I wouldn't say it's funny, <laughs> but I would. I will run you down this trip that I had back in... 2019 it was mexico so basically what happened was i just played a event in a junior event in arizona yeah and then i went to lax and i was supposed to fly with fly to mexico for the mexico international amateur with luke brown um and then we were on our flight and then basically a volcano erupted on the flight of wow. our path uh the flight path um so the flight got cancelled, but we couldn't get our bags. And we had to stay at the hotel. So we had to go buy clothes, basically. And then, oh, this trip was shambles. And then we got to Mexico, but then somehow my bags didn't arrive. I went to Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh, no. So now I'm playing a practice round with this, my bullets clubs, which were they were very thankful they gave me clubs, but they were regular flex. <laughs> so they're not, going, oh, very, no. they're not going very straight um and it was all good because i got my clubs later that day played like three holes with my clubs um and then next day's tournament play the tournament and then i get like a virus like oh, i get no. really sick uh wake up for the second round and i'm like properly dying but then it's like a teams event as well. So me and oh, Luke are no. in the New Zealand team. I can't not play. I can't not play. So I play. So I play. 
Um, just like absolutely dying. And then get through the week, um, finish up, like, and then obviously all this time we're in Mexico, we can't really speak the language because yep. I'm not very good at Spanish. Um, <laughs> and then go, like fly out of Mexico to LA. From LA, you go to back to Auckland. And then, like, somewhere along the transit, I dropped my passport. Oh, no. And I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, and then, thankfully, we found the passport. Like, the security guy found it. Oh, he but, found it, right? Okay. Yeah, so I got my passport, and we made it, made it back to Auckland, and I made it back to Christchurch. But I think that was the most compact <laughs> week of golf I've ever had in my life in terms of, anything that could go wrong went wrong <laughs> so honestly every trip i have from now on i'm like at least it's not as bad as mexico <laughs> hopefully you won't lose your passport again or yeah lose your clubs yeah. or wow get sick but you recovered you recovered from the virus though i was perfectly fine after like three days yeah i was i was chilling and by the fourth round i was chilling i was just a bit weak was it was it pretty uncomfortable playing when you're not well like that though and in that in there it was like hot and yeah humid. man it was like 35 degrees oh. humid and but you're like you know when you get sick you like start shivering even though so it's so it hot like, you start shivering yeah i was like oh my goodness this is this is pretty much hell on earth <laughs> but <laughs> well oh, i mean hopefully um it'll all be better than that in future <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'd hope so <laughs> Wow. No, all right, man. It's been brilliant talking to you and like the best of luck in Japan and, and across the world, like in America. And hopefully uh, you just keep, you. keep cracking on with those wins and keep getting better and hopefully see you on the yes. Japan Tour and PGA Tour. Yeah, absolutely. We'll try. Yeah. All right. Great, mate. Perfect. Have a great season. Thanks for the talk. Really appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks for having me.